0: Hey, it's Shane here. Throughout the majority of my career, I spent thousands of hours on my technique to try to be as close to perfect as I could be. But the one thing I didn't work on was my mental skills, on the exact mindset I needed every ball to be able to access all of my technical skills that I worked so hard to develop. Well, I've recently released my book, Winning the Inner Battle. Which has all of the information that you will ever need to deeply understand how you can create the correct mindset for you so that you can bring the best version of yourself every time you step out into the middle. Go to shamewatson.au to purchase a copy of Winning the Inner Battle Now. It is available in paperback, ebook, or audiobook versions. Well, it's now time for your episode of Lessons Learned with the Greats. Enjoy.
1: Yeah you know, it's, it's it's a well used cliche but you know you've got to be your best self <laughs> you can't be you can't be me like uh, you know whether you think I'm good or I'm not good you can't be me you 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 can only be better for you and I think, you know, as I said, you can walk in, you can run in, you can crawl in for all I care, provided it's the same and it's the same for you, not for me, provided it's consistent, provided it's with a purpose and you know what that purpose is. Who cares what you do, man?
0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Lessons Learned with the Greats. I'm Shane Watson, and today I am truly honoured to talk to one of the greatest bowlers of his craft that has ever lived. This person's story is one of absolute grit and determination that for me is so inspiring. I can't imagine what it was like to be one of the greatest of all time in your own craft, but because of timing, your impact on the cricket world wasn't as big as it should have been. Thanks to this guy being so good, I was able to make my test debut (laughs) in the Aussie team um, when the when they wanted to play two spinners um, on a turning wicket in Sydney in January two thousand and five, it is such a privilege to have Stuart McGill on my show. Thank you, mate, for taking taking the time.
1: Hey, what a, I think you're shortchanging yourself, to be honest. I think uh, you would have played for Australia in any case, and I. I you know, I'm proud to have played alongside you. I, I much preferred playing alongside you than against you, let me tell you that.
0: <laughs> well, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll bring some up, something up very shortly. <laughs> all right. Um, Australia has been so blessed with producing so many of the greatest cricketers of all time who have inspired generations of cricketers in Australia and around the world. And But the main downside to this is that if your timing is slightly wrong, even though you are that incredibly good, you might be stuck behind like the greatest of all time, <laughs> aka mm-hmm. Shane Warne. Macca as well as a number of other amazing cricketers come to mind straight away, especially in the era through the 90s and the early 2000s. Guys like Martin Love, Brad Hodge, Stuart Law, for example, who were world-class players in their own right. And Stu, I, I know you get asked this question all the time, so, but so many times um, throughout your life, and this can happen across like all walks of life. Like, how did you stay motivated throughout your throughout your career when everyone in the world knew you would dominate international cricket, but the circumstances, unfortunately, um, around you didn't allow it? Well, not well, not on a consistent basis, anyway.
1: Yeah, look, oh, there is no doubt that, it, it, that My career was definitely not uh, consistent. There was a lot of stops and starts in there, and it's because you know, Shane, I, I'm, I'm. You know, I, I don't think there's any uh, shame in being behind Shane because mm-hmm. he he was the greatest of all time, as far as I'm concerned, and and he changed the game, mm-hmm. which um, is something that you can't say about a lot of players. Um, even the great players don't have this sort of impact on on cricket itself, and, um, uh, and I think we're only just starting to see now in India there are a couple of players who are doing the same thing, but. Originally, you know, you'd you had to go back to the, you know, the '30s and '40s, and uh, you know, bef- uh, to see somebody who had made that big an impact on cricket. But I, I, I always felt though that um, I was blessed to play with him um, because every spin bowler that has come subsequent to Shane retiring can't really compare themselves even. Um, because there's always going to be somebody who says, "Oh well, you're not as good as him," and they can't, you know, they can't really argue with it. Lino, for example, um, I think, in my opinion, could end up with the same amount of wickets, uh, if not more, than Shane, um, because he's still he, he's still a young bloke, you know, and he's he's just on fire and he gets so much on it. Um, but people are always going to still say it's Shane Moore and Nathan Line, uh, which is, you know, it's kind of not fair. Mm. Um, but I, I felt um, through my career and, and through even, I remember thinking this before I played cricket for New South Wales. I was working uh, for a recruitment company, and I said to somebody, You never get pr- the, 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 the person next sitting next to you will always be the one who gets promoted if you're always looking at them (laughs) Uh, instead of doing your job. So the only way for me to get picked for Australia was to make sure that I was the one who people were looking at. Um, In which case that means that you've got to do your job day in, day out and make sure that you're effective at it. And I, um, I looked at it. Uh, cricket for me, you know, in two-day cricket, uh, it was all about 20 wickets. Mm. And that's why I think I was never particularly concerned with bad balls. Um, I was very concerned with good balls. So uh, what I wanted to do was I wanted to bowl as many deliveries as possible that could take my team to the 20 wickets as quickly as possible, and the reason that the, the, the strike rate was important for me was the quicker you could get there, the more chance the Muppets who were holding the bats could do the job. Yeah. <laughs> um, <Yeah>. so, <laughs> because because sometimes, um, you know, as we know, when you can lose wickets in clumps. Mm. So you need to be able to cope with that, and the only way you can cope with that is if you've, your bowling team has given you enough time. So you can relax when you walk out to the crease, uh, and so that was that was my number one thing. And I, I, I had long believed that because well, the spell that Shane had over um, uh, batsmen around the world, you know, it, he was as much about um, reputation and aura as he was about actual nuts and bolts, you know, nuts nuts and you know, particularly getting towards, you know, the middle half and the latter half the latter part of his career. Um, you know, there wasn't turning huge sideways, but and he got ridiculous number of uh wickets with with sliders. I remember one tour against Pakistan in uh, in the UAE. I, I think he got something like 30 wickets in two tests, something like that. It was something, it was was insane. And I'd say 25 of them were with sliders, you know, backspinners or whatever you want to call it. Um, And it was because of how he held the batsmen in their brain. They were gone before they walked out to bat. Um, So I thought that it was the greatest. Um, And all I was ever trying to do was make sure that if an occasion arose where they were looking for another spinner, I was going to be the guy. Um, and, you know, in one format of the game or another, from the time I started playing for Australia to the time I finished, I think there was something stupid like 13 other spin bowlers got picked uh, ahead of me, uh, not including Shane. And Jeez. that people kept trying to find something different than me, but you know, I just kept making sure that I was the guy, I was the guy, I was the guy. You can look for somebody else, but I'm still going to be there banging the door down behind you. And uh, I remember, I tell this to kids when I coach them now, and when I say kids, I mean 20-year-olds because <laughs> I'm <laughs> an old man. Uh, but, I, but I tell it to kids now, if you don't rate somebody and you think they can't play, it's almost better for you if they get picked mm-hmm. <laughs> at some point. Because if you're right, then they're going to get dropped mm-hmm. and that's one more out of the way. <laughs> so I kind of thought, look, you know what, I'll churn through all the other, you know, Muppets and, uh, you know, I'll be the last man standing. And I, I think I might have actually said that to a couple of young spin bowlers at some stage of my career, but, mm-hmm. you know, and I was yeah. the last man standing.
0: Macro, I love that perspective. That one about um, yeah, someone's beside you. If you're always looking at that person beside you, then guess what? Mm. Your mind's not on the job to be able to be the best that you can that's be. That's right. And that that's is exactly an incred- right. That's an incredibly powerful perspective, um, and that's for everyone to learn about. Because yeah, that's that's brilliant, mate.
1: It, it really, it really, it really is true. You know, people always go, "Well, what, what, You know, how come they got uh, selected instead of me?" Well, man, oh, <laughs> well, how do you know that they got selected for starters? You should be training, <laughs> uh, you know. So that—that's the thing. It, it really does work. And I—and I remember even where I was sitting. Yeah, I was working for a company called Manpower and Recruitment, and I remember talking. There was a girl sitting next to me called Christy, uh, uh, and we—we we were quite good friends. Her, her desk was just on the right, and I remember having that very conversation. And it was before I'd even played for New South Wales. So um, it must be something to do with my parents or Mm. my family or something like that or or school. But but it just always sort of struck me as being such an easy – like, how did I not think of this earlier? All right. (laughs) But, yeah, there we go.
0: No, it's brilliant, mate. Brilliant perspective. I was so fortunate to play my first few test matches with Stu. um, As the fast bowling all-rounder, when the team played – Two of the best spinners ever. <laughs> um, so I got to know Macca very well um, over my first few years of being around the Aussie team. The thing that really stood out to me about you was how unbelievably cultured you were and are compared to just about every other cricketer that I've ever met. <laughs> your your love, um, passion and understanding around the wine industry uh, is, is absolutely fascinating. Your love of reading um, were things that really set you apart from from other cricketers. Um you were always so good to me apart from that time when you're heckling me from the boundary in that game down in Hobart. Jeez, I remember that. I was like oh, wait until you wait until you go out to bat <laughs> and gosh I tried, I tried to crank it up but they're fun times aren't they mate looking back now.
1: <laughs> you know, it's funny that you bring that up because I I obviously um uh, I, there's lots of things I don't remember uh, about my <laughs> career, but I do remember that very, very specifically. Uh, what, what, what? Some of you might not realise about what I was. Um, so you all know I couldn't bat, <laughs> uh, but um, I, I, I couldn't. There were a couple of there were certain bowlers, and it wasn't necessarily about pace. It was something to do with their actions. I just could not see the ball uh, and. Um, it, it was, it, as you can imagine, it was quite terrifying uh, for me. Uh, um, a, a, as it turns out, my left eye—I can't see out of it properly. Stop it! <laughs> but, no, no. When did,
0: <laughs> was, you, find, when did you find that out? When did you find that the out? last year I was playing cricket. Stop it! <laughs> okay. so I, could, I could never, I could
1: never work out because I played hockey and I uh, used to stand on the goal line uh, in the for the short corners, and and as you can imagine, the ball comes. I got a smaller, I got a smaller, a smaller bat, and yeah. the ball comes just <laughs> as quick. But I never had any problem picking them off my nose, and I, I could yeah. never quite work that out. And I just assumed it was something to do with cricket, mm-hmm. but it wasn't. It was something to do with my eyes. <laughs> and when you're back side on, of course, my left eye is the the one that's, and I couldn't, I couldn't see. <laughs> so, but so, um, it 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 meant that I was kind of. Guessing release points and guessing where the ball was going to go, and I was terrified of facing you. And 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 the game uh, in Hobart that you mentioned, what I decided was because I, I can't remember where we were batting first or second, but we weren't in a great place. And I decided that we needed to make as many runs as we possibly could and squeeze. The living daylights out of that final scoreboard mm. and um so i decided that the best way to do it was to make sure that you were trying to kill me <laughs> and not <laughs> trying to get me out and
0: so it <laughs> worked. Was, it worked. this was actually this was <laughs>
1: genuinely exactly what i'd been thinking it was because because i thought oh no i'm gonna get i'm gonna get cleaned up here this is no good but if he's trying to hit me in the head, he's not trying to hit the stumps. Yeah. And I'm a chance because I couldn't ever make contact well enough to get caught anywhere apart from third man, probably. Yeah. Uh, and so I thought I'm just going to try and enrage him, and and then I went out to bat, and you were you were just trying to bounce me every <laughs> single ball, and that was awesome because if you because the easiest way to get me out was to bowl just at the stumps. Yeah. Because <laughs> I was it was all over. But I, I I did the same thing one year to um
0: to w, uh, Western Australia, so it's not just you. So don't, okay, well you don't, well, you, don't you, you played, you played me like a you played me like a fiddle. I got sucked. I, in I got you like. well
1: there, but the one against Western Australia actually worked out even better because I was batting with Dom Thornley, and we put on two hundred and seventeen yes, for the last wicket. That's right. And I did exactly the same. So like, if you can't bat, you would think that sledging is the worst thing mm. possible. But it's actually genius. It's a genius move because the bowlers stop trying to hit the stumps and mm. try and hurt you instead. Mm. And, and I thought, well, look, I can take, I can take that bit. Uh, you know, it might hurt at the time. It <laughs> might be upsetting. They might think that I don't like them. Which And then I just thought, well, do I care if I don't, you know, look, I've, I've got enough friends anyway, it's okay, I'll be right. But I, I remember so I was standing, standing at the non-strikers end against WA, having a go at the bowlers when they're running in, uh, and, and, and just talking to Dom at the other end, and they took the, the third new ball. And uh, I said to, I said to I was, I, I'm at the non-strikers, and I yelled it out to Dom down the other end. I said, Dom, well, what's the what's, what's the most overrated thing at, at the SCG? He said, oh, taking the second new ball. I said, so what do you call this? And he took the third new ball. And he hit the first three overs of the third new ball for 22-18 and 24 or something and yep. I faced one ball and over that's all and the one ball I got an over they tried to hit me in the head yeah so I'm just coming up easy no problem That <laughs> <laughs> was great I think I ended up getting out to Marcus North bowling oh, his right. little fingers yeah and it was because he was the first one that could hit the stumps. yeah <laughs> so it wasn't, personal, Watto. it wasn't personal what it wasn't personal
0: now, now I know. I took it personally <laughs> at the yeah. time, but now I get it. Very good strategy. Sure it worked, mate. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm going to get down to a few a few numbers here. Um, yeah. And these are absolutely – they're mind-blowing numbers. Um, Stu, you played 44 test matches taking 208 wickets at a at a great average of 29. And you have the best strike rate of any modern-day spinner of 54 balls per wicket which is just phenomenal. Yeah. As you talked about at the start, is that was one of the things, is trying to get wickets as quick as you can. And you, yeah. you did that against the best batsman in the world. Um, you cool. took 12 five-wicket hauls in your 44 tests and two 10-wicket hauls. And just to add a little more to this, you took 774 first-class wickets in your 184 uh, first-class games at an identical strike rate, which is, everyone listening to this, it is, they are phenomenal numbers, mate. So, And you're absolutely right. To be able to um, sit there and not look sideways and go, I'm just going to be the best that I possibly can be, goodness me. You certainly you certainly did that.
1: Mate, I, I, I appreciate you saying that, Ch- that Wado, because um, it's th- one of the difficult things, which now that you've retired, you're going to find out. One of the difficult things as you get older is um, uh, 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 you, don't, you can't say these sorts of things yourself. But it's nice to be reminded sometimes that what you spent such an incredible amount of time on, because with cricket especially, as you know, you spend such an incredible amount of time getting to the end point, <laughs> <laughs> playing a game that is uh, to a large degree very unforgiving and um, it's kind of nice to know that you weren't wasting your time. (laughs) So, so thank you for bringing that up, mate. Uh, I, uh, I, 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 you know, you might blush occasionally, but um, it's, um, it's still very nice to hear. Thank
0: you. It was certainly worth all those unforgiving moments, mate. (laughs) That's for sure. Okay. Before we dive in that there are so many amazing highlights of you that I remember watching, um, in my teenage years, but the one that really stands out to me and we're going to reminisce a little bit here was um was your twelve wicket haul against England in the nineteen in the ninety nine um, ashes Test in sydney and i just i looked at i relived that footage um yesterday actually and goodness me you just bam, <laughs> bamboozled those english batsmen uh what talk to me about what you remember about that that exact test
1: well I actually, um <laughs> yeah the test match before, so in Adelaide, which I think may have been the third test match, so it was a five-test series, the third test match, I had my first ever massage. <laughs> um, they, they, they uh, you know, that, um, you know, like just because you've got the sports guys all around the place, I had my first ever massage. I remember the guy saying to me, "Oh, like, you know, you need to have a rub down tomorrow, and I'm going, why I don't need a rub down, with, you know, what for? And they said, no, no, you've got to, you've got to have one. I went, oh, okay, cool, no worries. After he, the next day, I was as stiff as a board from the massage because mm. it hurt me, you know. Mm. Um, but I didn't, you know, because I've never had it. I've never had anybody do that before. Um, and I tore my calf. Oh. And then I went to Melbourne and tore worse. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember ca- calling Patrick Farhart. Melbourne was the fourth test. I reckon Mark Taylor was the only one that knew. Uh, he said to me, I remember him coming up to me, Mark Taylor was the captain at the time. He said to me, um, you've you you've done something, haven't you? Uh, you know, he didn't know exactly what it was, but he could mm-hmm. see that I wasn't. And I think he bought me into the slips. Then I fielded at third man. Then I I, I, I think Matt Nicholson's first wicket was a guy called Warren in, in Melbourne, was a guy called Warren Haig, I reckon. Mm. And I caught him at third man. And I had to run in a bit and I caught it and then slipped. And I get the Mark Taylor, first thing he did, he came up to me and he said, Uh okay, yeah. <laughs> Um and at the end of the test match, Alan Border was still a selector and he said, uh mate, so then he did. He said, you, "Everything okay?" And I went, "Yeah, no, man. No, mate. Fit. I'm, I'm as fit as you can get, you know." <laughs> um, and uh, so we go to Sydney. But at the end of that, that, that uh, the, the the Melbourne test, I called Patrick who who's a New South Wales physio, and I said, "Mate, uh, I've told my car. I, I'm in deep. I'm in deep trouble here." Mm-hmm. But we're going to the SCG, and it was my first test match at the SCG. And um, I said, "I oh, look. Uh, <laughs> what's gonna? How do I do this?" And he, you know, gave he gave me all sorts of tips. Told me what I had to buy. Told me, you know, like a an ABC heat tape. I think was my big thing. <laughs> um, uh, I did a, a bunch of things, um, and ended up. It was it was hilarious. Mark Taylor again looked after me like you know made sure I fielded in places where I wasn't going to chase Mm. um because because the chasing would would have been the problem Mm. and it was actually then stopping as well that Mm. so uh chase and then pulling up to get the ball debacle um (laughs) but uh but I could bowl so so that was that was what I guess Tubby was thinking I I can Mm. bowl that's the only thing that really matters um uh, and I, I remember in the game, though, and, and this was something that happened a couple of times during my career. Um, because I didn't play test cricket very often, like for extended periods, I never realised how tired I was getting. Um, okay. And I, uh, in terms of looking at your action, I never did watch the video because uh, it, it, it Sort of rarely gave me anything positive, <laughs> so I just sort of try and control that mentally. Um, because if I looked at the video, it's the same as if I go into a restaurant now. I I, I, I pick out all the things that are wrong. Mm. You know, I uh, uh, you know with the wine, the thing that I was best at with the, with wine um, tastings were the flaws. Um, mm. So I didn't watch the videos of me bowling too often because. I didn't want – I knew that that was going to be what happened and I didn't mm. want to pick out the bad things because yeah. then you go into the next game feeling like a dick, you know. Mm. But I was exhausted from that series because I played four of the – I was playing the fourth of the fifth five tests because mm. I didn't play in Perth. Um, but I bowled a lot of overs and the pressure – because uh, people don't realise how much the intense scrutiny – Plays on you physically as well. Um, You get you get exhausted just knowing that you're being watched every second of every day. And you know, in that test match, I remember Tubby came up to me um, because Warney had come back, so we had Colin Miller playing. Shane had come back for his first test match after following an injury, significant injury, I might add. Mm -hmm. um, Came back and. So I was, you know, there were three spinners, but I'd, I'd done quite well in the series already. But, you know, it was, it was a reason. We'd already retained the ashes, So, but England could have drawn the series. Mm. Um, and it was quite tense for me, the, you know, the, the moment. Um, I'd bowled maybe three or four overs. And I, I always needed, for me, to get a wicket quite early in a spell because then, then I would think, okay, cool, I'm on, let's go. And if I didn't get a wicket early, then I'd get a little bit nervous. And in the first innings, Mark Taylor came up to me and i bowled three or four and he, he said to me, he said, uh, mate, um, it doesn't really look like it's working today. Um, uh, let's Look, just have one more over, okay? And I just thought to myself, he's going to take me off. And the worst thing for me was to, if I got taken off after one spell, mm-hmm. then that affected my next spell. I don't know if that's the same thing that, um, you know, every bowler feels. Mm-hmm. But for me particularly, it really did knock me around a bit. If I um, had to come back for a second spell still with no wickets, mm-hmm. uh, that would bother me a lot. Um and I remember thinking, I actually. So I've only got, in terms of um, a checklist for my bowling action, I've only mm. got sort of five things, let's say. Yeah. Um, and one of them, I actually looked up on the big screen at the SCG, mm-hmm. and I watched. I watched myself bowl a ball. Mm-hmm. Which, as I just said to you, I never do yeah, that. <laughs> yeah. But I'm kind of thinking, well, I'm not getting any wickets here. What's going on? And I watched myself up on the big screen, and I decided that um, you know my I was really short through my bowling arm, right? Okay. And it was because I was exhausted, um, mm. you know. As and I thought, right, nice full bowling arc. you know. And then I got, I think I got five for, I don't know, five for seventy or something. I don't remember what I got, but I mm. I got a couple of wickets in a row, and then um, the second innings came, and I was. I was feeling big. I was feeling like, and when I say I was feeling big, I was like John Travolta in uh, Saturday Night Fever. I, I was yeah. strutting, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, felt, yeah. I felt like that, and, I, and that's the way. That's the way I remember that second innings. I think uh, on on the, I think it may have only been the third. Though I could have been the no, it was the third night. England had already bowled us out. Slats made something ridiculous like 78% of the Australian second innings total. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, But then we had to bowl a couple of overs at the end of day three and um, uh, I uh, Warney got one and then I got one stumped. <clears throat> and we came out on the fourth day and I just felt, because it was one of the really good SCG wickets, it was hard. So mm. um, it wasn't slow, and you know. So if you beat somebody, they were they were gone, yeah. and the ball was flying. It wasn't just sort of turning; it was flying. And um, I, I just knew that it was it was going to happen, and everything I wanted to do because I'd seen, because I was aware of the fact that I was t- I was tired as well too. I. I had gone through a little checklist, and I got everything, and and I didn't even notice my legs were were gone. Mm. Um, and it was a great, it was a great, um, it was a great game for me because New South Wales. When I moved from Perth, New South Wales had been really, really good to me, and Mark Taylor had been very, very good to me. He welcomed me into the squad um, even before I was a part of the squad. Uh, and I just felt, you know, I'm at the SCG. This is my new home, and I'm, I've done well, and I've helped. And my pet, you know, everybody was there, family was there, and I, uh, I'd helped Australia to win a Test match against England, which you know was was and probably is the biggest thing. Yeah. Um, and I was a real dick after the game too. I remember singing. Midnight Oil song. I may have sung it to Queensland once or twice as well. Was, uh, you know, uh, I think I was talking. I said the, the, the pommies are crap when the deck is turning instead of beds are burning. But uh, and they were and they were all in the room too. I remember Alex Stewart kind of just sitting there going, "Okay, that's all right." Uh, I think he wrote about it in one of his books. It was it was like, and I and I it was just because you know when you win a game you're on top of the world and you feel like you can walk on water and, uh, you know, that night I probably could have.
0: (laughs) That's it. Well, they're the the times that you dream about, mate, isn't it? That's what you work work so bloody hard for and the sacrifice that you make is to be able to have have days like that. Before I get onto the technical side of things, because talking about that checklist, I'm fascinated by that, but just the the first thing, just going back to Mark Taylor, a few of those things that he did to manage you and look after you, the power that instills in you as a as a as a player, that's amazing leadership because not all captains, you know, really look after players, especially they know that you're you know, you're a key member of the team. Some some captains could just go, well, he's injured, you know, and expose you, put you and not look after you. But for Mark Taylor, that sound that seems like I've heard a lot of good so many good stories about Mark Taylor as a leader and caring for their players and getting the better out of it. That's 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 amazing amazing leadership.
1: Well, look, um, uh, so, I, I had three significant captains, I guess, for, for Australia. Um, I had a couple of belters for New South Wales as well, but 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 for Australia, it was Mark Taylor, Steve Waugh, and then and Rick at the end. But I um uh, I, and I felt that Mark Taylor and Steve Waugh particularly were great for that particular period of my career. So, uh, and, and, and I've found out recently that Rick gave me the most opportunity. So, you mm. know, so there's three different phases in my career. Mm. Um, with Mark Taylor, he was like the headmaster of your school, who was a kind headmaster. Mm. So he used to hold your hand and lead you to the place where he wanted to be wanted you to be um it and you felt as though you were a part of it but he was actually making you do exactly what he wanted he was just Mm -hmm. doing it in a a very easy way I remember um Shane had just got injured we went to Pakistan in 98 and um 98 98, oh my god I'm, I'm old um
0: yeah, we're, we're all getting old. Uh, we're all getting old. Oh, yeah.
1: I don't think you're going to catch me. Um, but but so we're a 98 and I'm bowling to Mark Taylor in the nets. And people always say, you know, you should always bowl to the best batsman in the team or always bottle the captain in the nets so that they know how good you are and so that then you get picked. But he actually came up to me at the end of the net session and he said to me, mate, you didn't bowl. I, I, I won't swear, but he, he didn't, you know, it, it, he said to me, um, you know, you haven't bowled two leg spinners in a row. You're bowling a different ball every single time you run into to bowl to me. He said, now, in a game, what I want you to do is when you to run in and bowl a leg spinner, then I want you to run in and bowl another leg spinner, then I want you to run in and bowl another leg spinner. And when you think about wrong, bowling a wrong one, I want you to bowl a leg spinner. And then the second time you think about bowling a wrong one, I want you to bowl a leg spinner and then the third time, I want you to come up and talk to me. And he said, "And you know what you're gonna what I'm gonna tell you?" And I went, "What?" And then he said, "Bowler, leg spinner." <laughs> and, and and it was interesting because if you remember, so they'd been used to playing with Shane Warne, mm. who pretty much at that stage was bowling with a leg spinner and a slider, or a zooter, or a flipper. So. Mm. Big leg spinner and then a straight one. They were his go-tos. And the reason that was important is because of consistency. And if you're just doing, if you're keeping everything simple, then there's more likelihood that you'll get things roughly in the right spot. Mm -hmm. And at that point in time, that's exactly what I needed to do. He was also the one that taught me that there was no shame in me having a deep point or a deep cover point out because it wasn't about – because he knew that I didn't get embarrassed about things, Mm. but it just wasn't done for a field to be set for bad bowling, as the commentators (laughs) always used to say. Well, as it turned out, it wasn't being set for bad bowling. It was just to cover the possibility that I'd bowl a bad ball I had lots of fieldsmen around that mm. were there for the good bowling. Mm. And that was the key. Um, and that's what I tell a lot of kids now too. They, they always say, oh, the captain doesn't know how to set a field. And i say, well, do you know how to set a field? Mm. <laughs> like, you know, tell me what, you know, what's your best ball? You know, okay, cool. So if you bowl your best ball, how are you getting a wicket? Okay, which fieldsmen are they? Right. So tell me what you're doing with the rest of the fieldsmen. Mm. It's irrelevant. Like, yeah. man, you're going to have, You can just about in a test match have five blokes on the boundary if you want to (laughs) as Mm. long as the other four are your wicket-taking positions Mm. and you need them. And if you bowl the ball that you want to bowl, they are there to take the catch. And that's, that's probably where Mark Taylor sort of helped me out a great deal. I was actually after the 12 wickets that you said at the SCG, he retired. And I actually remember thinking I was actually angry because I thought to myself, "Well, oh, how am I going to play now? Like, how am I going to know what to do if he doesn't tell me what to do?" Um, but little did I know that then I was going to have Steve War, who was is probably my favourite. Well, not probably. He was definitely my favourite captain because. He trusted, well, whether he did trust me or didn't trust me, I felt as though he trusted me. And that was Steve War's secret. So mm. Steve War didn't come up to me and he, he, just, he handled things very, very differently. Lots of guys that I've played with have told me that they were intimidated, they felt intimidated by Stephen and that they felt as though... He was always judging them. Well, I believe that he wasn't doing that. I believe he was observing them and trying to learn as much about them as he possibly could in terms of body language and uh, in terms of the things they said and the things they liked and you know, like so. so he he did watch you very very. He, 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 you could feel his eyes on you, but I don't think he was judging. I think he was trying to, you know, pick up things about different people. And, uh, and, I think that's why he was amazing. He, he also came up to me in a test match at the SCG and I, I hadn't played for a year and we were playing against, uh, South Africa and, um, uh, I'd bowled five over, uh, four overs for twenty something runs. So you know, five and over, mm-hmm. and um, which leads me into the space again where I'm terrified of getting taken off because if I get taken off, then I look up at the scoreboard when I come back on to bowl and I'm in trouble. Mm-hmm. And um, he said to me. I could see him walking towards me. So I'm at the top of my mark with a ball in my hand. I'm just about to go. He walked over to me and I'm going, Oh, he's taking me off. He's gonna take me off. This is this is no good. And he said, you know, hey McGiller, how are you going? Um, I hear you've been bowling really, really well for New South Wales this year. Um, and then he, you know, slapped me on the shoulder. He said, Keep it going, eh? And I knew what he meant. He meant, (laughs) I'm going to take you off next over. (laughs) Uh, And he knew what he meant, Mm. but he said it to me in a way that I could cope with Mm. and that motivated me rather than destroyed me. (laughs) And that's why at that particular time, he was the best. It turned out that when Mark Taylor retired, I didn't need anybody to hold my hand. Mm. I thought. I thought that I did, but he taught me so much that I was ready to sort of, you know, leave the nest, uh, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And, and Steve Waugh was perfect. And, uh, look, that over, I got I got uh, Herschel Gibson, Jacques Callis out. So, you know, Steve Waugh knew what he was doing.
0: That's a, a power of great leadership, isn't it?
1: Great leadership. You know, knowing, yeah. knowing
0: exactly what to say at the right time to have the, to have the, the right impact. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, love it. Okay, I'm going to now move on to that that technical checklist that you talked about because I do find that absolutely fascinating because for me, I was very much, as as the bowl was running in or as I was running into bowl, I was like ticking off the sequence of my technical checklist because for me, cricket is a technical game. Yes, of course, it's so important mentally as well. The mental skills, if you haven't got those as well, your ability to be able to like execute your skill a, a less chance. But from a technical perspective – please talk me through the, the, that checklist and, um, because it is, it's going to, it's amazing for people to listen to, for, for leg spinners, but also just to be able to break down such well the hardest skill in cricket is bowling leg spin. So please talk me through that checklist. <laughs> yeah. And just keep telling people that, that will be great. For well, it is. That's yeah. true. <laughs> yeah. Look, um,
1: uh, the older I get, I, I, I remember thinking this when I was, when I was a young bloke, um, you often see old leg spin bowlers bowling in the nets, and, you know, and they all always used to say to me, uh, you know, I wish I could still play because, you know, I'm so much better than I was when I was 20. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I probably still think they're morons, but, um, (laughs) but because, you know, the way your body feels, it's a debacle. You don't want to be playing cricket when you're 50. Trust me. Um, I think that what happened as I got older was that I simplified things. Mm. So you talk about, we're both talking about a checklist. There are fewer and fewer and fewer things on that checklist as you go through your career. Look, I mean, uh, as I said, I I can't bat, but ultimately it's, you know, give yourself a chance to make runs. Mm. and watch the ball <laughs> you know like um, we've 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 both seen players with extraordinary lifts and you know some have great footwork some don't have great footwork you know probably one of the best batsmen of his generation was Damian Martin mm. didn't really move his feet but always hit the ball under his eyes yeah. and was dead still when he, let, when he when he actually made contact um, those knowing that there are different ways to achieve a goal is very, very important. During my career, um, all of the coaches around Australia, at least, were trying to teach people to bowl like Shane.
0: Well, exactly like Shane, yeah.
1: Which exactly yeah. like Shane, exactly, yeah. And which, which which is wrong
0: no, because bit, yeah.
1: because because there's different ways of doing things. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and, 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 and Australian coaches were ignoring Anil Kumblo, who, you know, has nothing in common with Shane, <laughs> apart from the fact that he's also taken 500-plus <laughs> test wickets. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, how you can um, uh, just ignore that massively glaring fact is uh, you know it's beyond me but uh, what I what I worked out was so and and it actually had quite a lot to do with my bad balls so okay I worked out that so I needed a deep point sometimes because what I was trying to do was rip the ball as far as I could as hard as I could Mm -hmm. with a lot of energy like and I worked out that if I was going to bowl a bad ball, it was probably going to get hit for four through the covers or through cover point because mm. it's going to be wide and short. And so I, I had a bit of a think about it, and I tried to work out why that happened. Because the first thing that most coaches would say is you can't bowl that. Mm. But instead, what I did was I said, "Okay, t- t- don't tell me that because it's going to happen anyway. Mm. And if you're going to judge me on that, uh, then..." Um, You know, it's it's all over. Um, What I try to do is, okay, so why is that happening? And I worked out that it's because of like, I was getting maximum revs on it because of rotation. Mm -hmm. Pretty technical, but so if you work out, you know, to get the ball to go away from the right handed batsman, I was rotating in that direction. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I thought, okay, cool. I'm not going to eliminate that ball completely but now I'm aware of that what can I do to overcome that so the number one thing and I think it's the number one thing for any bowler doesn't matter if you're bowling swing or you know extreme pace or spin is knowing where your target is <laughs> and your targets the bat the stumps this mm-hmm. you know like so as you're running into bowl or walking into bowl or you know, approaching the crease, mm. you have to be aware of the fact that all of your momentum should be going towards the stumps. Yep. That's your first. It's really easy. So where's wh- what are you aiming for? You're not aiming for a spot on the ground. I never did this stupid flannel on the dirt thing. It's rubbish. You put mm. a witch's hat on the ground, you know what I'm looking at? A witch's hat. Yep. You know what that means? A bowl short. Mm. I'm I'm if now. there's any targets, <laughs> they should be around about where the, the – I tell kids to either look at the, the the batsman's chest or his helmet or the wicketkeeper's head, because mm. then you keep your head up Apple. when you're running into ball, mm. right? I put something on the ground halfway down the pitch. I'm going to be looking down on the ground. It's just mm. it's, it's it's you know as
0: kind of intuitive. Yeah, I agree.
1: Second 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 favorite word moron. First favorite yep. word muppet. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> well, actually. There are a couple of shorter words that come before those, but, but but I, uh, I so one hundred percent momentum going you know straight towards the batsman, and then any rotation that I have, mm. I can rotate knowing that I'm still going towards my target, mm. and it and it minimised you know I still I still got. Smacked every now and then when I got the timings wrong, mm. but it didn't really bother me too much. As I said, you only got to bowl 20 good ones, yeah. Then, then, so that's the first number yep. one thing. Yep. Well, actually, the first number one thing is what is your best ball?
0: Mm. So,
1: yep. so, 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 def- and when I say define it, I mean write down exactly what your best ball is, mm-hmm. and that includes you know. Where is it landing? What are you thinking? Where is the field? Um, uh, you know, how is the dismissal going to be affected? So my best ball for me I would either catch the top corner of the bat and be caught behind, or caught at first slip, or no, that was pretty much it. Ca- caught behind or caught at first slip or stumped. Mm. But but that was what that was the way I saw my best ball happening, mm. and I wrote it. I wrote a lot of stuff down, so I wrote it down. Um, uh, you know, they call it visualization, but you yeah. write it down. It's it's good.
0: What's <laughs> both well, um, you get you get it out on paper, yeah, but also you, you? put it. You're playing that movie in your mind, which is so powerful. And I
1: and I used to play the movie. I mm-hmm. did it. I did that with Michael Clark one net session. Michael Clark Clarke couldn't bowl to save his life. Mm-hmm. But I did it for one one session with him. Uh, it was a New South Wales session, and I said to him, "Before every single ball you bowl, I want you to close your eyes." and see your best ball going down the pitch and work out, you know, the shape of it, whether it's drifting in, what happens after it bounces. Mm-hmm. And and I'm not, I am not kidding you. He didn't roll one bad ball in an hour and a half. And, and I said, I don't, yeah. But, and I was, it was, it wasn't for him. It was for me to confirm that I wasn't being a complete moron when I was Coming up with these things, you know, mm-hmm. um, but the 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 visualization and routines is very very yeah. important.
0: That was it. That so the visualization was the the number one was the starting point starting point of your checklist.
1: So, yep. what's your best ball? Yep. Then yep. at the target, mm-hmm. and then there were some specifics. So with the run up, yep. I I believe very very firmly that if you're going to be consistent, you have to start. It's all about the starting point. Mm. So it's impossible. So you see some bowlers walk back to their mark, do a loop, and then start oh, running in. Yeah. Uh, Dizzy, who's a great, great friend of mine and who was one of Australia's best ever fast
0: bowlers. Crash, Jason how, how good was he?
1: He <laughs> was just a freak, right? Jeez, um, yeah. He, in the 2005 Ashes, I was working for Channel 7 mm. uh, for the one-day series leading into it. And I saw that he was walking back to his mark, and then just starting his run up and running into bowl. Mm. And and I I couldn't quite because it was different to the way he had been bowling, mm. and I couldn't work it out. It, um, and then it turns out he was doing it because of over rates, <laughs> which yeah. it, it just absolutely killed me. Yeah, because it had totally disrupted his routine and totally disrupted the way that he was going about things. And and I, I was I was devastated when I heard that. But um, if you don't start – most people know which foot they start their run-up mm. with, but I bet that 90% of them don't know what they do before, like – okay, so you mark your run-up out. How do you mark it out? Is it with a take measure? Is it with your shoes? Do you stride out? Do you run out? Um, when you take off with your right foot, does your left foot move just beforehand? Mm. Like some people, they bounce up and down on both feet mm. and then they go, how many times do you bounce up and down on mm. both feet? Yeah. Like I want, I want people to know everything mm. about what they do before they approach, because then it and if it's the same, but then it has to be the same every single time, mm. right? But then if it is the same, then you're a chance of getting it to be the same at delivery.
0: Yep, hundred percent. But, but but otherwise, you're no chance. Mm. <laughs> Look, yeah. if, it, if it's different every time, it's going to be different every time, mate. Mm. You know. Yep. Yep.
1: Um, so so that's know your starting point <laughs> is the next thing okay yeah yep. which sounds so stupid no
0: it simple. doesn't no well it well, You're right. <laughs> It does sound stupidly simple but it is so if you want the same release point to have more chance to be able to get that consistency coming out of your hand mm. like absolutely that is so important the momentum mm. that you have what and and the consistent mm. momentum that you have through the crease yeah absolutely it's Brilliant. Okay, keep going. So, I so love it.
1: that's 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 the, probably number three. Yep. Um. And and then um. What I found is sometimes because I ran in rather than walked in, mm. but it's the same if you walk. So your 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 approach, your run up, your approach, whatever you want to call it, um, is a, it's a preparation to release the ball. <laughs> okay. That that's that's what it is, purely and simply. Mm. Sometimes. After you get a wicket or after you've been hit for a six or um, you you bowled a bad ball or you've had a decision turned down, but as I said, it doesn't necessarily have to be the bad things only. Hmm. Even a wicket, you you, you can get a little bit pumped. You have to make sure that your approach, your runner, is a preparation to bowl. What happened to me was sometimes I used to start hard, so I used to push off pretty much and you know real sort of forceful push off the ball but then I'd sometimes rush in the middle third of my uh, run up mm. and it was because I was anxious or excited <laughs> and I'd race through and then that meant when I got to the crease I'd just be running straight through the crease mm. and like it wasn't a measured calm <laughs> it could still be physically strong mm. And can still be powerful, but if you rush, then you're not getting a chance to do what you do best.
0: Yep, and to harness all harness all that energy that you've got.
1: That's right. Harness yeah. harness the energy. Very mm. good, Shane. Yeah, that's exactly right,
0: mate.
1: <laughs> um, no, that's good, man. Well, yeah. You are younger than me. I'm allowed to talk down to you. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, 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 I um. So sometimes I used to. Actually, one, I'll tell you one of the, the, the best ways to do it is, so you see, if I breathe in now, like, uh, you know, and if you could all do it, you breathe in, quite mm. often your shoulders go up. Mm. Um, and I know that shooters do this before, you know, in, uh, Olympic shooters. Mm. It's not about the breathing up, but you're breathing in. It's about the breathing out. Mm. So, and when you breathe out, you let the shoulders sag. So that was the last thing I did before I took off every single time. because. Then you relax. If your shoulders mm. go up, then you're mm. tense. So, I, I hated people telling me to relax. Mm. <laughs> like, if it, if you walked up to me in a cricket game and told me to relax, there was going to be some very exciting yeah. times me, ahead. Me too. Relax. Um,
0: okay. Yep. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> right.
1: Jeez. Yeah. All right. but, yeah. But but um but it obviously is important but Mm -hmm. it's just how you relax as an individual. So, But the exhaling before I went off, and then I used to remind myself during that middle third of my run-up just
0: to Mm -hmm. steady. It's not like I was slowing down, but steady.
1: Um, If you're a a wrist spin bowler who walks up to the crease, if you watch Shane, because if it's step, 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 Mm. then it means you might as well just start with a step, step, step. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. you might as well just – because it means you're just wasting your time with the first couple. Mm. It should be a gradual increase in let's call it cadence, but it means tempo, you know, like a gradual increase yeah. so that you – at the delivery – at your delivery stride, you're ready to bowl. Yeah. Um, And some kids I see still to this day who walk in – they they're nice and relaxed, but then they realise oh I'm at the crease and got a ball, yeah. and they rush it, mm. and that's what's difficult for them. So mm. as long as it's gradual, you you should be okay.
0: Yep. So that's so the fourth the fourth one is your it is is, your, is your breath, and then yep. what about as and you're talking about okay. the that middle that middle period that middle yep. third? Yep. Of making sure that it, you're you're yep. still you're not rushing it. Relax. And yep. What about yet yeah, relaxed? And what about in and around release point? Was there one thing in and around so, release release point?
1: So there were, there's actually, there's three more. The first one, there um, were the next one, people always say, get your front arm up. Yeah. Okay. Now, that's, it's, it took me 30 years to work out. And I mean 30 probably, because mm. I was probably, yep, 30 years. Started mm. playing cricket at five years old. I was 35 when I worked out. And mm. I reckon that. I said 90% of people don't know the last one. I reckon 99% of coaches don't know why they say get your front arm up, okay? Mm -hmm. The reason you get your front arm up is so that you use that front side of your body when you bowl, Mm -hmm. okay? So the idea is to use as much as your body as possible, all the little components to contribute to the outcome, which is mm. getting the ball down the other end and bowling your best ball. Mm. You put your front arm up because you want to activate all the muscles down that front side. Yeah. Okay? Now, because I can put my front arm up straight in the air and not activate any of them. Yeah. You know, I can just stick it mm. up in the air if you want. Mm. I don't care if you put your use your elbow or your mm. wrist or your fist or your shoulder. I, I, I have a sneaking suspicion that Shane used his shoulder mm. to get – those muscles working in the front side. He might not know that, Mm. but I think that's what he did. Mm. So, so I think he used his shoulder and, and you should feel a stretch all the way down to your hip on that right side. And so that's what I tried to do. So I used my elbow to pull up, but my fist to pull down. So Mm. with my front arm, so it's very different. And then you go into questions of is, you, is it a fist? Is it an open palm? Yeah. Is it you know. mm. So you get a big stretch in that front side,
0: mm.
1: probably the same as if you're doing freestyle in a pool. Yeah, get a big stretch in that front side and then you pull your front arm down as hard as you can in a straight line towards the target yeah. and try and bash the batsman on the top of his head with that mm. front arm. Yep. That's so, so then everything is going in straight lines again, right? <laughs> then the next thing that I, I, I did was I used to make sure that my back leg drove straight through to the target. And what lots of people do is they, when they're rotating, they kick their back leg out and mm-hmm. it kind of – but that then means that you're rotating too much again and you end up going out the cover. So yep. back leg. Like stepping up and over a box towards the target. Mm. And then the final thing was after you've let go of the ball, everything still has to go in the same direction. Mm. So it's it's and it so it's your follow-through must still be going in the same direction as the batsman, because otherwise you've already started getting it wrong before you've let go of it. <laughs> yep. Like it's the same as punching or kicking mm. or hitting a tennis ball. What's right where Roger Federer hitting a you know a forehand or a backhand, his head's over the ball, he's just looking at the ball and he's still following through after the ball's probably already mm. in play. Yeah. You know? And that's, that's the only way to go about it. And so the, I, just, uh, I just kept going through those sorts of things. I wrote them all down. I even drew them. And I'm not, I'm not a, a great artist or anything like that, but it, every, all of the different ways you can go through things helps you in the long run. Um, and without having written that down and worked it all out, Man, I've read so many books and seen so many coaches and all this, you know, (laughs) I've been through everything and it's not, we've just talked for half an hour about the technical side of things, which is probably complicated, but then if we talked again tomorrow, they haven't changed. So it's not as complicated as people Mm. think. You You know, I spent... You know, thirty years trying to come up with five things. Mm. But if I coach you today, I'm going to say this. If I coach you tomorrow, it's going to be the same. And and I guess what the the best coaches for me mean that you can be left alone and do it yourself. Mm. And you know, because I'm not going to be on the field for you, mate. I, I you know, if I could do it myself now, you wouldn't be bowling.
0: Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Maca, this stuff is honestly like, it's, it's amazing to be able to, like, so everyone who's listening to this will realize why you were so good because you broke it down to be like, so like that simple checklist. Yeah. You've had to, like you took, as you said, like up until like 35 to really just yeah. distill, distill it all down. Right. And that's the journey that everyone's on to be able to distill those things down. To have the most impact, so it is just like you know, five or six things where you go. If I just do these things over and over again, um, as I'm as I'm coming in, but then when it doesn't go exactly the plan, you you've, you know exactly which which aspect of that was yeah. that was slightly off. Um, so so
1: and, this is the yeah. thing. This is the thing about it not going to plan. So I know what I'm trying to do, and I'm trying to do it every ball, right? Mm. Um, people, you make mistakes, don't you, I 20,
0: <laughs> <mate>. <laughs> everybody
1: makes mistakes yeah but, but, but today i'm probably going to make 20 mm. 20 mistakes it's not about your mistakes mm. so it's about it's about the good thing so mm. you're running and it doesn't go according to plan so you see it all the time with 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 swing bowlers they'll bowl one down leg and the next one's wide outside mm. off because they've overcompensated mm. instead of going back to the top of their mark and just trying to do the same thing again. Mm, yeah. So same thing again. I've got my, t- I know what works. So just keep trying to do it. Mm. It doesn't matter if it doesn't work. That doesn't mm. mean you're a failure. Mm. You just go back and try and do it again. Go back mm. and try and do it again. Go back and try and do it again. And the, the funny thing for spin bowlers is people talk about variations. Mm. Um, if I had just run in and tried to bowl my best, ball, which is, you know, my best leg spinner, every single ball, there'd probably have been six different balls and over anyway. Mm. <laughs> you
0: know? <laughs> so, Natural so what variation. You need, mm.
1: Yeah. Mm. What do you need to worry about variation for? Mm. Jason Gillespie in that uh, 98, 99 uh, Ashes series, I remember him talking to to one of the English coaches about his bowling. He held the seam up every single ball, ran in, tried to hit the pitch as hard as he could, and he said, "Some go that way, some go that way." Yeah, and that really, like, and that was that was that was the way he 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 took all of those wickets. Mm. You know, some go that way, some go that way, and I've got a pretty good bouncer. So yeah, yeah. That, that was that was it. And and um, and I I've got to just say that county cricket. Uh, I played a couple of seasons of county cricket for knots probably helped me to understand this a lot better than if I'd just stayed in Australia. And the reason for that is that we played so much. um, I needed to make things simple Mm. because otherwise I would have fallen to pieces upstairs Um, Mm. because, you know, I think one June um, we had six days off. We played every other day, played 16 days in a row. Um, And to turn up every day and just, Uh, do your job Um, I needed to make things simple and that kind of helped me but in the same way my warm ups changed Um, if I'd been bowling a lot I didn't need to bowl in the nets I'd just bowl even sometimes six balls Um, just so it's coming out alright it's feeling okay cool I'm out Um, I would bowl a lot sometimes but if I was bowling well, I would stop. If I wasn't bowling well, I'd bowl in the nets for as long as it took to bowl till I felt okay, and then I bowl one more over, and then I'd get out. I, if I was feeling really, really stiff, I'd do um, a stretch with the guys so that you know it was because you know you got to half the time you're doing things because other people want you to. Yep. So you do that. But then I'd jump in the, at nights I'd jump in the bath then. And so I'd do the warm, I'd do the, the lap and a stretch and then I'd go back upstairs and I'd jump in the bath. So I was ready to go. Because mm. I, I knew that, see, why do you have to do the same as everybody else when your job isn't the same as everybody else? <laughs> you know, so um, so I, I worked, you know, but you but you for a great part of people's careers they don't know that mm. um, yeah you, 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 I think that the, the valuable thing for you to do is work out what you need to do and and it's not you're doing it to contribute to the team mm. so you know if you've got to bowl 20 overs on day one and then possibly bowl another 15 on day two and I'm talking about even as a quick bowler. Mm. How can I expect you to do that when you're only bowling 30 overs, thirty balls in the nets? Mm. If you're only bowling 30 balls in the nets and I make you bowl 30 overs in two days, I guarantee you that you're going to get injured. Mm. I guarantee it. Yeah. So I'm not saying that you should be bowling 30 overs in a game, but you can't do it if you've never done it. Yeah. Like you, you don't you don't run a marathon only training for halves, yeah. you know. <laughs> so so I, I just sort of feel like people need to define their roles in a team, um, whatever sport it is, and train and pre- it's not training it's preparing
0: um, accordingly. Yeah, I completely agree. And it's not until you sort of get to a stage in your career where you realise what what exactly what you need and also you've played for that long where you can actually push back mm-hmm. you can push back mm-hmm. on the people are saying oh everyone needs to do this and you're like hang on no like now because i've i feel comfortable enough that i can say something but mm. the thing is it shouldn't actually have to get to that stage where you can then you can actually say well no this is actually what i need yep mm. like I understand what you're saying, but, and that's where, that's the, well, that's the, that's ultimate leadership, whether it's an S&C, whether it's a physio, whether it's a coach, it's saying, what does like give the player some, you know, some freedom. It's not just all, you know, putting someone in a, everyone in the same box um, and, you, well, and you're, Steve, ad- you're look, absolutely right.
1: Yeah. Well, Steve, War- Steve War's teams were very, very well, Steve War's teams were virtually, You know, unbeatable, and the reason for that is because he did recognise that each individual in the team was different, and they each needed different things. Mm -hmm. And he, uh, he, he, his number, you, you prepare, you do whatever you need to do to be ready to contribute to the team winning. Do not impact on anybody else in the team so I don't do anything that's going to mess you around uh, but do anything you need to do to prepare to contribute to a win hmm. realize that sometimes you're not going to be the one who wins the game for your team realize that if the person sitting next to you does things differently you know maybe you're like me you go out for dinner every night and you you drink um, but you don't drink and you're in the gym all the time, realize that, okay, we're different, but we have the same goal, which is to win, like appreciate all that. And then he said, if you've got time after you've done all your preparation, get to know the guys sitting next to you and find out what they makes them tick. And that's why we used to win all the time. There were, at the time, I'd say there were probably 20 guys in Australia doing different things or doing probably the same things differently, Mm. but we all had the same goal. And he knew that he could just slot anybody in Mm. because it just was all working as a, you know, in the same way. And I think that things have changed now. Um, I think that, you know, there's a, a huge burden on, you know, players to be like cookie cutters uh but if you've got 11 different personality types and 11 different guys in um uh, the team it means you can win in 11 different sets of circumstances (laughs) you've got so much more ammo you know mm, um but yeah anyway and that's that's and what you're saying there, and
0: you're right like and that's a beauty of great of great leaders whether again Mm. whether that's a captain of a team whether that's a coach Mm. like that's that's like reading the room and understanding actually how to get the best out of everyone yep um just just to finish things off from a technical perspective the 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 thing that I absolutely love the most of what you said there is though that technical checklist, it's not saying you have to bowl a certain, like an exact exact way. It's these are the really simple checklist that you can have your own spin on it, (laughs) but these are the key fundamental like movements and fundamental things that, and then you just pull in whatever, like whatever's going to work for you to be able to actually like get the momentum, get your head going straight down towards the batsman, making sure you're using your front side. Um, making sure yeah. your run ups like the same the same speed, so you got the same release point around about, and that's the thing. And I'll quickly go back to what you said about every um, there are coaches all around Australia turning trying to turn everyone into Shane Warne, and they broke every single one of those people. And I and I was in the middle of it because I went through the academy in two thousand where everyone was coached to be Shane Warne, every leg spinner, and it broke everyone because they coached their natural talent and natural ability to get the ball down the other end out of them. So then they were trying to yeah. be someone else. They were trying to be Shane Warne, and then they started to, the ball started to stick in their hand. And then under pressure especially, then they had nothing to go to because a natural skill they've been doing since they were like five, um, they, they were totally retraining it. So what you said, the thing, that's what I love about the simplicity of your checklist and I know that's obviously what you're coaching the, the, the young spinners that you're working with or the spinners that you're working with because you can put your own flavor on those really simple fundamentals. And that's what one great coaching is all about. So you're just harnessing their natural like skill, but then you're just directing it, the best way to be able to have the best outcome as consistently as you can.
1: You, you have to be, I, I can't, you know, it's, it's, it's a well-used bloody cliche, but you know, you've got to be your best self. Mm, yeah. <laughs> you can't be, you can't be me. Yeah. Like uh, you know, whether you think I'm good or I'm not good, you can't be me. You mm. you you can only be better for you. <laughs> and 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 I think you know, as I said, you can walk in, you can run in, you can crawl in, for all I care, mm. provided it's the same and it's the same for you, not for me provided it's consistent, provided it's with a purpose and you know what that purpose is, mm-hmm. who cares what you do, man? <laughs> like you know, Paul Adams who played for yep. South Africa, uh, you know, I, I think, you know, you can say whatever you like, but you're not going to coach that, are you? You know, I just think, you know, I just think who am I to tell someone that there is one right mm. way to mm. do things, yep. um, because there's not, and and and, I think it's it's the same. You know, are we using a single-handed backhand or a double-handed backhand? Yeah, I mean, a double-handed well. Like, there's people who have done things very, very differently in every walk of life, mm. um, and I think it's natural, I guess, to look at them and. Think that this is just the way things go; things, you know, should be, but it's not. There, there. It's all about out, outcome. What do you want? Um, you know, and I, I remember watching all those young spin bowlers that you talk about during those the early period of the the two thousands and late nineties. Mm. And it's 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 um. It's just a real shame. I mean, mm. the, you know, the one that comes to mind particularly is Shannon Tubb. He could, yeah. the dude could properly, mm. properly bowl. Yep. Like, and he could bat. He, like he, he had so much going for him. Mm. He could properly bowl, and they just destroyed. They just yep. destroyed him. Yep. Um, you know, to credit to him, he actually did get you know, a reasonable, you know, first-class career out of it in the end. But, my God, the dude could bowl. And, uh, uh, um, unfortunately, uh, at the time, there was only one way to do it and he didn't conform. So, that was that. that.
0: For more episodes of Lessons Learned with the Greats, head to t20stars.com forward slash podcast. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts.